Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Let's pray. Precious God, we thank you once again. We come before you, God, to receive instructions. The power that will direct us continuously to the fulfillment of your prophetic destiny in our lives. We do ask of God for wisdom and we ask for understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we continue with our study on praying in the spirit, and this is going to be part number two. Praying in the Spirit, part number two. And uh, we started reading last week from Ephesians 6, verse 17 through 18. Ephesians 6, 17. Babylonians take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with our prayers and supplication in the spirit and watch it thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and I try to make you see that from the scripture the board is saying you can pray all manner of prayers when I use the word of manner you can pray in tongues you can pray in the spirit you can pray at home you can pray in your shop all manner of prayers and there is nothing specific in the context that you can pray wherever you need to pray. Hallelujah. And so, it talks about perseverance, the need to have persistency in your prayer life. And that is also very crucial. And the supplication of all saints, praying for the saints of God. So, we go now to the main text which we're dealing with, which is Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26. Romans 8 verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. Hallelujah. Now I want you to pick this because it's very important. Amen. Lower that thing down, the volume. Take it down. So take that again, Romans 8, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we ought or we should pray for. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit is making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. Now, I would like us to take something from here and go down straight to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. I want us to look at Acts, chapter number 2, from verse number 1. I want us to see something there. Like we rightly mentioned last week, there's a big difference between praying in the Spirit in terms of what we call praying in tongues. And I want to show you what happens 
on the day of Pentecost. And then you'll be able to see that it's completely different from what we do in church services. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And verse number two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like out of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues. Now I want you to get this. They began to speak with other tongues. And the Bible says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So you need to understand here. Now, let's just read them. We'll come back there. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem. Follow it now. Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. This is when you find uh, the, the, the eunuch was in this feast. That's why I say every every nation under heaven men came to the feast normally people go to the feast every year so now verse 6 and when this was noise abroad and the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language every man heard them speak in his own language verse 7 and they were all amazed and marveled Saying one to another, Behold, are not all these crispy Galileans? In other words, they are Jewish people. Now look at verse 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Persians, Amedes, and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia. In Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the part of Libya, of Cyrene, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Greeks and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues these wonderful works of God. Did you get that? And they were all amazed, and we are in doubt, saying one to another, What mean are these? So, what happened? Now, there is something I want to show you. Go with me to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verse number 1. Very quickly. The Bible says, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as a journey from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. There's a Babylon. And they dwell there. And they said one to another, Go to let us make a brick and burn them thoroughly and dig hard brick for the stone and slime have they for mortar. And they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build it. And the Bible says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have one language. And these they begin to do. 
And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. They have they are one that is have one mind to to execute a project and they speak one language that means they can understand one another. Are you there with me? Right now, so God said, This is what I've seen, but this is what we're going to do. Verse number seven. Go to let us go down and there confound what? Their language. That they may not understand one another's speech. So the, the only instrument God used to break them apart was to make sure they don't understand what each one of them was saying. Are uh, you got what I'm talking about? Right. So he destroyed the effect of one language. So now what happened in Acts chapter 2? The one language that he destroyed, he restored in Acts chapter 2. Are you following it now? So now it means then that, help me now. It means then that if we truly speak the language that God gives to us, everybody ought to understand it because it brings unity to the church. So our tongue ought to enforce unity. It ought to build the house. Are you following what I'm saying? We are not. That's why I keep on emphasizing the point was not for us to edify ourselves, but to edify the church. That is the ultimate purpose of the tongue we speak in church. So, the tongue that was confounded, the speech that was confounded in Genesis chapter 11 were restored in our chapter 2 so that man can understand himself again. Now we are building unto God, not unto Babylon, not unto any other system. Because the people that came down speaking, they were speaking one language now and everybody else was beginning to understand what they were saying. So primarily, this was evangelical language. We speak in such a way that people who are not even with the faith can understand what we are saying. This language was meant to communicate the works of God. If you read that, you'll be able to see that again. In our chapter 2, he says, And they were amazed, our chapter 2 verse number 12, And they were amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaning is this? But... The first thing you see there in Acts chapter 2 verse 3, he said, all those come from create from Arabia. We do hear them speaking our tongues, the wonderful word, works of God. Now go back to Acts chapter 2 and look at verse number 11, I said. Acts 2 verse 11. That is the emphasis I want you to see there. It talks about those in Crates and Arabians. We do hear them speak what? In our tongues. The wonderful works of God. That's the emphasis. Can you get that? Good. So now, the people beginning to see, the people begin to understand what this, I mean, speaking in tongues was all about. They were declaring the wonderful works of God. They were understanding what God has done, what God is to do. Praise the living God. So, truly speaking in tongues was meant to cause people to understand more of the works of God. That's evangelical tonguing, from a user word. So, it's not just restricted to what we speak in church as if we are just defying ourselves alone. That is not the ultimate purpose of this kind of glossary. I mean, this tongue that was spoken on the day of Pentecost. It was evangelical to cause people to begin to understand the works of God. 
That's how Paul will say, I will speak with another tongue and I will speak with my understanding. What he was trying to say also was, that's why he also made the instruction in 1 Corinthians 14. It's good when you speak in tongue that somebody is there to do what? Interpret so that they can understand the works of God. You see that? Because when these people were speaking in tongues, every other person that was in Jerusalem that day began to understand what God is doing. So that's the primary in the first place. That's the primary purpose of tongues. Because what God destroyed in Genesis 11, he restored in Acts chapter 2. Where is that supposed to be? He building one body, one unity, one family. Just like the blood is the one that brought all men together as one. Even the tongue was bringing all nations together as one under God. Are you with me? So this is what we're seeing here. And that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. But I know that we are far from that today. That's not what we're doing in church, when we come to church. We are more or less speaking from the perspective of the book of Jude. But again, like I said, even if you are defined or speaking of building up your most holy faith, what faith are you building up? Is a common faith, which is a common salvation. Which also has to do with the church. Everything about tongue and the gift is meant to build the church. It's meant to build the family of God. Hallelujah. So, that's the wisdom of God in giving this gift. You can see that. That when it comes men so that they don't build a system that is outside of God, which is Babylon. Right. Now he comes here, he put up a system that is now going to honor God. Bring it all men together to honor God. As compared to what they were doing in, in Babylon. Because that is to say, when you're building in a church structure that is Babylonish, you, you, people in your fellowship, if I might use the word, they get more confused. Confused in the sense that they don't even understand what is going on. Praise the Lord. But if we're building accurately according to the, the, the principles of the Spirit of God, then we must come to the place where we build up the church. So, there's a big difference between a corporate worship tongue and individual tongues. Are we together? Are you here with me? Alright, so. Okay, now, so we go back now to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start again from verse number 26. And then uh, we take it from there now. Romans 8 verse number 26 now. So what I showed you now is the general tongue. We got to do with the evangelical tongue for men to know the works of God. And so when we come to Romans chapter 8, this is more or less personal tongues, which has to do with your relationship with God. This is different from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is directly connected to our chapter 2. Did you see that? Praise the living God. Because Paul said in Acts chapter 14, I mean, in in, in in 1 Corinthians 15, that when you pray in tongues and you can interpret it better, you don't even speak. Why is he saying that? Because he intends that your neighbor should understand, which has to do with declaring the works of God. That's why he was putting out instruction. But what we're about to read here, which is Romans 8, verse number 26, is on a personal level. Here we go. In the same way, the Spirit, now you notice the Spirit's capitulator, helps us in our witness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us 
with groans that wells cannot express. Hmm? And he who searcheth our heart knoweth the mind of the Spirit, and because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I'm reading from NIV, in case you get confused about that. So maybe you go back to NIV so that you can pick it up. All right, so let's take it now. NIV. In the same way, well, same way because you have talked about we've been born again by the Spirit. I'll make you see that. The Spirit helps us in our witness. That's infirmity, King James said, infirmity. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, when words cannot express a thing, it simply means your understanding is unfruitful. Your understanding is not a plain now because you don't even understand what your spirit is groaning about. And verse 27 says, Help me, Lord. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with what God's will. So, in other words, you're praying and you don't really know what you're praying for. But the Spirit takes that your prayer as you're groaning and begin to cause, he say, intercede, that is to say, he stand before God to present your cases. So sometimes maybe you're praying because of a burden you have, you, you are just overwhelmed with the situation, and now you kneel down to pray, you don't even know what to pray about. But now you're speaking in tongue and groaning in the Spirit, you have no way to, you can't understand your syllable. You don't know what you're talking about. Now the Holy Spirit comes and takes that your issue before God and present it before God. And God similarly receives the answers through the Spirit, gives it back to you. So you don't even know what to pray for, but God by the Spirit is answering your prayers. Now how does that work? Romans chapter 8, King James, verse number 15 and 16. Let me show you why it has to be so. Romans 8, 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, understand this again. The first thing Paul is trying to say here is that the kind of spirit you received is not the same the children of Israel received among Sinai. The spirit they received from Sinai produced fear. They couldn't get close to God. They have to say, Moses, speak to God, speak to Moses, and Moses, speak to us. But he's saying, you, do, you understand that that's why he's using the word, you receive the spirit whereby you cry, what? Abba, Father. But he say Israel could not cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because they were distanced from God's presence. They said, you don't speak to us, speak to Moses, and let Moses talk to us. So Paul is trying to give you a difference here between what happened on Mount Sinai and what mountain you've come, which is Mount Zion, whereby God is now what? Your father. Are you following that? That's why I use the word, the spirit of bondage again to fear. Is it making sense to you? So now verse 16. The Bible says... The spirit is a better witness with our spirit that we are what? 
the children of God. That's the key point. So now, like I told us last week, 1 Corinthians 16, 17, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So now, the spirit is bearing witness with your human spirit. So you now you pray in your spirit and with the spirit. Are you there with me? In your human spirit you're praying, but with the spirit, with the Holy Spirit, who takes that which you prayed about before the presence of God and gives you the answer. Are you listening to me? So in this case, we're talking about personal prayers in terms of speaking in tongues. At that level, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't even articulate what you need, if I may use the word. But here you are praying, you are, you know, you are groaning like as if a woman who is in labor. It's all, mm, mm. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't express what you're talking about. But the Holy Spirit takes that and presents it before God. And God's will is revealed back and manifested to you as the answer to that groaning that you were in. For every time a man grows or a woman grows, labor pain is an indication of a new bed. Are you with me? When a woman falls into, into labor, the next thing that is coming out of that groaning stage is what? A new baby. That is the answer to the groaning. So you don't groan without a report. I mean, without a response from the presence of God. No, no, no. When you come to the place in your personal prayer that you truly groaning, get ready to get an answer because the Holy Spirit takes down your groaning situation, presented before God, and the next thing you get is answer to what even you were not asking for because when you were groaning, you don't know. Apart from the sciences today that have made it possible for women to know the sex in the womb, it is only when the baby comes out crying, they will ask, what sex is it? And the midwife will say, a baby boy or a baby girl. Am I correct? Yeah. In the groaning stage, you don't know what you're looking for. You can't even act. You don't know what you're expecting. But it comes because that is when the Holy Spirit takes your prayer and presents it before God. And then the answer comes according to God's will, not what you want. Because as at when you're praying, you don't even know what you want. Your understanding is unfruitful. Are you with me? Now, if you understand what I'm trying to make you understand, it will help you quite a lot. Quite a lot, because you come to a place where you can literally pray almost all times, unknown to you, because your spirit continues to come up and get connected to God, and things being revealed and manifested to you. It's a beautiful state. Amen. I remember reading a book one time, and here was this man. I was reading this book, and the man visited a friend, and then they asked him to pray on the meal. And as soon as he said, In the name of Jesus, he was cut up. He couldn't utter anything. He squeezed, folded, fell out of the chair in the dining where he was sitting. And was on the floor for almost 30 minutes. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I don't know if you are getting this. You are not yourself. You don't seemingly know 
what you are doing you just get caught up in the spirit it's a rain that you can come into when prayer is not just about what you verbalize it goes beyond that this is deep within your spirit so we're talking about praying in the spirit and praying with the spirit you must understand those two prepositions in your spirit and with the holy spirit the two working together simultaneously to bring result from the presence of god if you come to this level of praying in the spirit and with the spirit you probably become if i may use the word a prophet of yourself because you will not only get answers you will also get interpretation to some of the things that the holy spirit are interceding on your behalf so prayer goes beyond just producing syllables or verbalizing everything that you this is not church prayer but it can happen in the church that when prayer section is going on people are speaking in tongues and somebody can just get slain on the floor his spirit is caught up he can't express himself you could be shouting and crying or something is just happening but the holy spirit is at work i remember you know one of the first sunday services something happened here to a sister and she was on the floor for a long time on the tuesday she walked to me in the office and she told me she had a serious issue in the stomach and doctors have prescribed operation by the time I lay hands on her and prayed, she went on the floor and she was there. The pain became very severe. And so when she was groaning, she was groaning in two sections, I mean in two directions, both in the spirit and the pain she was feeling. All of a sudden, the pain subsided. And by the time she was off from the floor, everything was gone. She watched it on Sunday, nothing happened again, no more pain, Tuesday, I mean Monday, no more pain. On Tuesday, she came to the office to let me know. That's what I'm talking about. You can be caught up in that state. So I'm trying to say, your prayer should go beyond verbalizing just what you want. God give me 20,000, God give me for my vehicle, and God, God, God give me food. You understand that? Prayer should go beyond all of that. This is when you pray according to the will of God. God has certain things for you that you don't know about. Hallelujah. So he said, the spirit be right with me with our spirit because we are the children of God. So, but then of verse, verse 26, the spirit also helped our infirmities, our weaknesses. That's the same spirit which is the Holy Spirit mentioned before as bearing witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And consequently, it's not a deposition of frame of mind, I mean disposition or your frame of mind at this stage. Is that okay? So, now you can't help yourself, but a greater power in union with your spirit is helping you. Are you following me? Are we here? Praise the Lord. So, the world infirmity is helping and infirmity is very critical you must understand that that is your witnesses the things that you can do god not want to do them through the holy spirit you know it's like working together joining together to produce results with your spirit it means support it means to help it means to signify such assistance as afforded by any two persons to each other who mutually bear the same load or carry it between them 
He who prays receives help from the Spirit of God. But he who prays not receives no such help. In other words, help at our infirmities means you carry a log of wood, for instance, and it's difficult for you to carry it alone. And somebody comes join you to carry that log of food to your destination. It gives you support. That was the mean help at our infirmities. It gives you support. Are we there? So we're talking about a situation where the Holy Spirit comes to give you support when you have a prayer section. And that's what it means to pray in the Spirit and with the Spirit. Amen? I don't know how many of you have experienced this before, but... God helping you, you begin to have these experiences. Hallelujah. I remember one of my friends in those days when I was still in River State. We were talking like this. And all of a sudden, he just said, Jesus. And that was the end of it. I mean, I could not relate with him because he could no longer relate with me. He was off the platform. And the next thing he stood up and he just ran out of the house. <laughs> he just left. <laughs> you know was caught up completely with discussing and then he was hosting this man that used to do these uh, fellowshipping hotels all those, uh, and I've forgotten the names now Thomas, Thomas Sakara or whatever, I've forgotten his name remember that guy now, right okay, businessman fellowship right, he was anchoring businessman fellowship yeah, in the community so we were discussing and he wanted me to come in and all of that, instantly he was caught up you see, it gives you direction. You'll be able to go beyond your natural circumstance. Even if there are problems here right now, you're caught up in praying in and with the Spirit, you won't even see the problems anymore. You won't recognize the problems are there. You won't be able to come to start addressing the problems. You are no longer there. You are not yourself. Amen? He said, but we don't know what to pray or what would you pray for. And so therefore, uh, this is this we are as human liable to kind of what i'll call endless mistakes in our prayers because there are certain things that we shouldn't be praying for but we find ourselves praying for those things because we're human so to be able to avoid praying foolish prayers in quotes is to pray in the spirit <laughs> are you there with me yeah you bypassing your natural understanding you're bypassing the problem look at what he's saying there yeah, but I'm, but we know not what to pray as we ought to pray. That means there are, there are ways we ought to pray, but we don't even know how to pray for the things we ought to pray for. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help, to give us direction on what to pray for, according to the will of God. Amen? So it gives us what I would call a suitable desire. And this has to be excited by the holy spirit and the power is received to bring those desires by prayer before the throne of grace in other words when the holy spirit comes to you sometimes it could be in the, in the state of even tears let me put it that way you know he takes that your body as an intercessor and presented before god praise the lord and then god responds according to his will and then you get answer based on this prayer. Because you must understand, this according to you is very critical. There are many things you desire which God doesn't want for you. For instance, Jesus went to pray, if it be that we will tell this cup from me. How many of you remember that? Good. Now what was the answer to that? No. <laughs> you understand that? Praise the living God. 
You see? It is not God's will to take the cups. The cup from him. But most often there are things we ask for which are not God's will for us. So this is where the Holy Spirit comes in to guide you or to give direction to your prayers so that you begin to pray according to his will. Amen? But the Spirit itself, you know, which is the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit now, to be a witness with our Spirit, you know, as the children of God, they make intersection for us. Oh, I don't know if I'm helping anybody now. Okay. So it's important we devote ourselves to prayers. Um, most times, some of us, we, we do this, but largely of late what I do, not because that's what I want, but similarly, so I'm following the season. I do more of meditation on my bed. But deep meditation that translates into visions. I don't seem to stand out to pray. I don't seem to kneel down to pray. But I can be lying down and get into meditation. And deep one. And in that mood, I move into what I will call visions. Like this night, I was meditating strongly on something. And there are some persons that are owing me some money that have not been paid. Somebody sent me money, but this clearing house have not been able to deliver the money to me. So I was meditating. And the next thing I found myself, went straight to the manager. And I said, I want to see the director of this company. Because you have not paid me my money. And I realized by the time I woke up that something is in the making. And I checked my phone and I got an email. And somebody sending me an email from the company to say, your money will be paid this week. That was an intercession. I don't know if you are getting that. Praise the living God. But it was from the realm of meditation. And not just cheap one. Deep meditation. Hallelujah. So everyone who devotes himself to prayers will receive help from the Spirit of God. And I want you to know that. It's very important. If you give yourself to prayers, you receive help from the Spirit of God. Don't always complain, but pray. God is not going to send the Holy Spirit to help you when you are complaining. The Holy Spirit helps you when you are praying. It didn't say the Holy Spirit will intercede in your complaint. So if you want the Holy Spirit to help your witness, then you're going to be in the prayer mood. And while you're praying, the Spirit helps. But when you're complaining... The spirit is likely never going to help you. It doesn't help complaints. It helps prayers. Hallelujah. You know scripture will tell you in everything. Give thanks to God. But after that it tells you. God will do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. You remember that? Exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. He didn't say all that you complain about. It is what you ask or think. That thinking comes from your mind, which is a level of imagination, thought patterns. And blessed is he who meditates upon the word of God. If it shall be like a tree that is planted by what? Rivers of living water. That is not complaint. There are so many things for you to complain about. 
But you are not going to get the Holy Spirit come to help you in the complaining mood. No, no, no. Are we here? So we're dealing with the issue of the union of the Holy Spirit with what? Your human spirit. Don't forget that. This is what we're talking about. So we're talking about praying in the spirit and praying with the spirit. Is it making sense to you? Right. So you are praying with the Holy Spirit in your human spirit. That's what we're saying. Did you get that? Right. But you see, when you're complaining, your spirit is not complaining. So your complaint does not come from your spirit, it comes from your soul. <laughs> is that okay? Because that's from your emotions. It comes from your soul. Your complaint is from your soul, but prayer is from your spirit. That's the different thing you have to understand. And that's why the, the word tells us the word of God will divide asunder spirit, soul, and body. I mean your spirit and soul. Separate the spirit from your emotion, your mind, your will, your intellect. The Holy Spirit, I mean the word of God does that. Does your understanding of the word will enable you to bring a separation between what you're just thinking and what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. So don't miss that. God is not going to send his support in your complaint. But he's sending support in your prayers. Learn to pray and complain less. Did it make sense to you? Alright. So, again, Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, as we ought by the Spirit, itself making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. And in that section, the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28, and we know, where is it, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to what? His purpose. We know because we pray in the Spirit, all things are working. So that even if there are problems, <laughs> are you still with me now? Even that there are issues because you're praying, even that circumstance will turn out for your good. Did you get that? And we know. How do we know? Because the Holy Spirit is interceding for us in our weaknesses. So we know that no matter the problems, all things are going to work together for good. How? Because the Holy Spirit takes that issue before the throne of grace for us to receive help. That's how all things begin to work together for our good. Are you seeing that? So the weapon to change the circumstance is in prayers. Not in complaining, not in murmuring, not in grumbling. No, 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 no. Not in trying to let God know how long you'll be suffering over that issue. That is not going to solve your problem. That is not. Hallelujah. You know, we used to sing a song in those days. I know my Redeemer, leave it. I mean, if you remember the song. But somebody, somebody had an experience. He said that. He didn't just, he wasn't just singing it. That was some, it's supposed to be a song or a statement by Job. Am I right? But look at the situation around Job. He refused to complain. He could still come up to say, I know my Redeemer, leave it. 
Even though worms are in this body, in this flesh, shall I see God. Oh, glory. Instead of complaining, he was glorifying God. Instead of complaining, he has his faith on what God can do. So all things work together for good. To them who can really stay in the place of prayer and thinking about what God can do for them. And not complaining. Complaining is not going to solve your problem. Holy Spirit is not going to come alongside your complaint. But it comes alongside your prayer life. Hallelujah. Verse 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to what? To the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among what? Many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he did call, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also what? Glorified. Look at the next verse. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What's the next verse? He that spared not his own son, but did buy him all for us, how shall he not with his own freely give us what? All things. So, we're talking about even things. Remember, all things work together. You know the word? Everything that God has so put together will surely come your way when you seek his face. God is going to make sure you miss nothing. Do you understand that? All things work together for good and everything is working according to the purpose of which he predestinated. Predestination is not to say one day you're going to die in an accident. No, predestination is not to say some people are going to be saved, others are not going to be saved. That is not predestination. Predestination is you are to be conformed to the image of his dear son. By implication, you are taking on the position of Christ exactly the way he was. Now guess what? Of all the things that Christ went through in the life, remember, he was born in the son of Abraham, son of David, took on flesh just like you so that he might become a firstborn among many brethren. He went through the kind of pains you are going through. He went through sorrow. He went through all manner of things. In fact, the Bible refers to him as a man of sorrow. How many of you understand that? He went through all of that. But what's the next thing? The Bible never, never told us one day that you find him complaining. For all things are working together for our good. When we're conformed to his image, that is why even if there is something people may tell you that is a cross, it makes no difference. The only thing is find out if this is a cross from God or you pick the cross yourself or the cross from the devil, which is from the society. I taught you that some time ago and I think I'm going to repeat it. One of the ways by which you'll be able to see the cross of God, if he gives you one, is that the end point of that cross, there's a glory. And so Hebrews 12 will tell you, verse number 2, Jesus being the author and finisher of our faith, he made us understand that for the glory that was said before him, he endured the cross. Did you get that? For the glory that was said before him, he endured the cross. So all things work together. Even the cross was working together for the glory of Christ. Is anybody getting this? So if God gives you a cross, no matter what it is, you definitely at the end of the day come up in a glorified situation. All things are working together for our good. Hallelujah. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Think about that. Whether they be dead, powers, principalities, poverty, whatever. What can separate us? Because we know that even in the midst of that, all things are working together for our good. Praise the living God. God just wants you to trust Him. You come to the place of prayer. That's the key point. Stay in the place of prayer. Come to the understanding that the Holy Spirit is by your side to help you get to your final destination. He's leading the way. Even when you seem to not know exactly where to go, what to do, what to say, that is not your issue. That is not your problem. Just be with the Spirit. And in the Spirit, He takes you on the direction you are supposed to go. Are you with me? I had a discussion with somebody yesterday who is in business. And this person has literally spent money in business that the person is doing. Millions. Right? And he said, but these things are genuine. I said, yes, but who are you before God? You must find, find your position, your final relationship. He said, what works for other people may not work for you. That other people are succeeding in certain things doesn't mean you are to succeed if you do the same thing. No. You are not the same before God. That's the point. Because he was saying, Pastor, but I can't understand. Because these are genuine business. And all those people are doing it and they are making money. I said, but who are you before God? So that's where you need prayers. You need to find your bearing before the Lord. Because when the Spirit intercedes for you, He guides you. Even if the business is genuine, He may not want you to do that because, like I told Him, you know what? I said, no. I said, this is one of the things the Lord is ministering to me. All of the things you were trying to do, you wanted to put God aside and prove that you are using your mind to do calculation and become successful. And God wants to make you understand that without Him, you can't get anywhere. Did you get that? So, you know, say, but what am I supposed to do? I say, pray. <laughs> Go to God in prayer. God, what the world want me to do? Wow, this is not working. You know, when God even said, I will stop the devourer, people think it's a cause or something. It's not about that. But you see, God has a way of controlling your appetite for spending. Even in so doing, He has stopped the devourer. I don't know if you are getting this. Good. Things that are not needful, God can prevent you from putting your money into them. And so doing, he has stopped the devourer. We don't understand what we talk about when God stopped the devourer. He's not rebuking some power. No, 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 no. He rebukes anything that will make you to become a wasteful, vulgar spender. You just spend all your money for things that are not supposed to be. That's why you go into prayers. So we're talking about praying in the spirit. And praying with the Spirit. Now, when you pray in the Spirit and with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is helping you to navigate through your prayer section. And like I'm saying, most often you don't even know what to pray for. But when you pray in this dimension, you could come to a place that wisdom and revelation begin to come to you, even if it's in business areas, so that you will make a right choice of business to do. Wisdom and revelation begin to come to your mind as you pray in this dimension. You don't know what to do. You don't know why your business is not succeeding. You go into prayers. Let him speak to you. Let him let you know if that is the business he chose for you or not. Because you are unique to him as an individual. I keep repeating that. What works for A may not work for B. 
Because of the kind of life and, and the desire that God has for. Jacob I love is so I hate. That does not mean he hate people. But to love less. The word hate means to love less. It doesn't mean hatred. God can't hate anybody. Is that okay? So when he says, so I, I mean, Jacob I, so I hate and Jacob I love, he's not talking of hating Esau. Esau was his own son. As it were. But the degree of love, based on what they are going to do and their relationship to him. It's like Cain and Abel coming before the Lord. And God will take in the cognizance of that which Cain brought instead of, I mean, Abel brought instead of Cain. You understand what I'm saying? Right. He knows your mind. He knows your spirit. So, there's a personal relationship you have with him that's completely different from other people. So, you can't say because some people are succeeding in certain things, therefore you also can't succeed in that. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Except you don't know. Remember, let's just read through this and then we can close for today. Go back a bit. Let's go back now to the book of Romans again. I want you to see it. You can read it from the Amplified Translation. Let's start from Romans chapter 6. I mean chapter 8 now. Sorry. And let's just read from verse 26 again. So, two. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears up in our witness. For we do not know what prayer to offer know how to offer it worthily as we ought but the spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance and he who searches the heart of man knows what is in the mind of the holy spirit what his intent is because the spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God. Praise the living God. You following it? Now I want you to pick what we're looking at here. It's very critical. How the Holy Spirit has what? Your prayer life. The things you don't want to pray about. The things you have no understanding to pray about. The Holy Spirit takes them. And present them before God. He will search as the hearts. Know the mind. Now you, you need to follow that. He will search as the heart. Know the mind or the mind of the spirit. He's talking about God now. In that instance. He knows what is in your heart. But now the Holy Spirit takes. Now. He knows that you don't know what you're praying for. He knows that what you're praying for is not what he wants. But the Holy Spirit comes before him and said. This is what I want this person to have. So he presents your case before God. Amen. Praise the living God. Alright, so um, then when you go to verse 20, yes, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now you need to also understand that very important. So that you don't in any way try to separate yourself from some of the things that even Jesus went through. He is the firstborn in this house. Some of the things that he passed through, there's a way you experience them in your own state. Amen? By identifying with him. That's part of what you mean by bearing the mark of Christ. 
in my body. You are identifying with some of the things that he identified with. I've been the first son in the house. Moreover, a woman did predestinate, then me also called. A woman called, then me also justified. A woman justified, then me also do what? Glorified. Praise the Lord. So we talk about the Holy Spirit interceding and groaning for us, which I said before, is the same thing with what the Holy Spirit does in relation to our human spirit. So summary, really, what we're talking about is when you pray in the Spirit, you also need to pray with the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit and when the Spirit, they come together. You're praying in your spirit, not in your understanding. And the Holy Spirit joins to your human spirit and takes your body before God. You'll be groaning and God is interceding. I mean, the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf. And the end point is you get results that ordinarily you never think about. Praise the living God. So one of the powerful tools that God intends us to work with to be able to move in the right direction is to pray in the Spirit and with the Spirit. Praise the living God. Have I helped you? God bless you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.